0: Welcome to the Renford Rewatched podcast. Um, It's another episode um, analysis, we shall say. I'm joined by Luke, who is... By all accounts, a Renford Rejects superfan, along with a sensible soccer superfan. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. The um, episode that we're talking about is Series 1, Episode 3, entitled Field of Dreams. It's the one with Stan Bowles. It's the one with the mouth. It's the one with the little kids playing at the beginning, it's a, a lot of different things, and we're going to try and go through it piece by piece. Now, this episode opens up with a VTV, pretty much. Well, actually, before that, there's like this little setup, isn't there, that they're they're playing this game, and they've got to win, because then they're going to get a chance to go to a football game. They don't know what it is yet, and then we get the titles, and then a VTV, which then brings us into it with that really wacky music that comes in. And sets the tone. Very much like uh, the old kids' TV shows, isn't it? Very wacky music. Straight
1: in there, you know it's straight-off comedy from the beat. And it's the Rejects versus... I can't remember the name of the team, but it's a bunch of kids. It is. (laughs) Half their size, and it's nil-nil. Tension is building. The game is nearly ending. Everything's on the line.
0: And Jason is a naughty boy. Exactly, yeah. He he lifts up one of the kids and then uh, takes the ball... They're screaming foul. Um, And, yeah, they win the game, obviously. But Stuart is a bit wiser than the rest of them. He immediately calls him out and says, well, you cheated, so I don't think I should give you this this thing. And we find out then that Jason is obsessed with Stan Bowles um, of QPR fame. He's like one of his heroes. And they kind of use that later on in the episode. Um, but the thing about Jason cheating is this is like one of the first times we're really seeing his personality and the fact that he's constantly lying constantly like embellishing everything and that should make him endearing to me that's just annoying I think I definitely get that started Jason is annoying but that's kind of
1: why I love him I see a lot of myself in Jason I had the same haircut the same build wasn't particularly the best at football but uh his lies in this, it's almost laughable. Uh, it is laughable, and the team know it. The whole fact that the team are all in, they know. And they go along with it a little bit. They play along with him because they know that's his personality type. And I've got to give a massive nod to that dance he does when he scores because that, that was some serious dance moves. Peter Crouch doesn't have anything on there, on Jason there. Uh, but yeah, Stuart calls him out. He's a hes a man man of honour, our Stuart. Um, but yeah, he cheats to win. They win the first official game, and it's done by cheating. There's no Robin Walker goal. It's Jason via cheating. And there's a moral there, isn't there? I think there's a moral throughout this entire episode, and it's a dubious one. I'm not quite sure if really at the end of it we get the right deal, but uh, they've
0: won. We should celebrate the Rejects' first win, episode three. Three points on the board. But no, there's, it's not really a reason for, for cheating. And yes, there is a moral at the end of this story, but I'm not sure it's a good one. Apparently, it's, uh, you know, you can lie and you can get what you like and uh, then still, you know, still get your bowl of chips at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> That's a brilliant analogy. It's, a, yeah, just
1: lie um, and your, your dreams will come true kind of thing. So I'm not quite sure... <laughs> That's what the producers returned telling. said. I don't know how many kids went away and carried on to try and meet their
0: version of Stan Bowles, but you never know. I mean, at this point, um, to talk about football for a second, Queen's Park Rangers, Rangers were in Division One, the old yes. Division One, which would now be the championship. Um, That's true. And I remember we were talking beforehand and you said you were trying to work out which game they must have filmed at. In the episode, the ticket says West Bromwich Albion. Ah, well spotted. Actually, at first I thought maybe it was going to be a pre-season
1: friendly because I just thought maybe filming, it might be easier during a pre-season than it would be a league game. But I've just got the fixture list up now. So sorry if I'm going to preempt you already having a look into this, but I, it looks like it was the 13th of September when they played West Brom at home and won 2-0. A crowd attendance of
0: 14,,399. One thing I noticed when I watch through this is the one thing you, you don't notice, I think, when you're a lot younger. Bruno, at several points in the series, goes out of character back into Barry grade. And I don't know if you noticed, but when yes. Stewart's asking people for money for these tickets, Bruno is constantly making out like he doesn't know how any, how to speak English. Like, he doesn't understand <laughs> anything. And then suddenly, in this Birmingham accent, he's like, I'll give it to you tomorrow, all right? And you're like... You're... It catches you. It completely
1: breaks. And it made me chuckle. Because obviously, we know what's coming. We know the boring Barry Green, which is my favourite episode. Uh, Ciao Bella, I believe, episode 11 um, or 12 is one of my favourite episodes. So that little nod to... And I think Jason does bring up the QPR episode, in, in uh, Stan Bowles, at
0: least, in future episodes. But I might be wrong. But... I, I feel like it's one of the only episodes where, with any episode um nothing's ever brought up again but the qpr episode is constantly brought up every time jason wants some bragging rights he goes "Oh, the qpr in the corner you know like it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh... Uh, and that's because it's one of the best ones jamie you made it a disagreement
1: it's one of my favorite episodes and i think just because as a kid, that's the dream, isn't it? Being able to get out to go on a football pitch. I'll get into that a bit later, but yeah, going out, that's that's the dream. But QPR back in the day, they had some great players because, as I said, I I was hardcore on the football um, scene back then. And one of my favourite ever players, actually, was Trevor Sinclair, who was uh, the dreadlocked QPR midfielder who scored one of the greatest overhead kicks of all time. And he I don't know if he played that game, but he'd have been playing back then. with Neil Ruddock was on loan that season at QPR. Uh, Vinnie Jones... Uh, ian dowie they had a really good side but they finished 21st i believe one point off relegation that season so uh yeah um wasn't the best uh season for qpr and no offense to qpr fans but i was very surprised how excited they got to go and see qpr i think they live in london you've got chelsea you've got arsenal i think even palace were doing really good there and tottenham um but they're going to see qpr and they're thrilled because as a kid it's the same as me. I was quite a neutral football fan. They're just excited to go and see a game. Go and see a football. There's no allegiances. And I'd I i do not know if any many other people notice, but throughout the entire Brentford rejects, I don't think anyone gives their allegiance to a specific club. Bruno wears a AC Milan shirt, he wears a Juventus shirt, I'm sure he wears an Inter shirt. Um Jason has a whole shirt, baseball still. Um Stuart wears a Chelsea shirt, but they all talk about completely other clubs. The Nottingham specifically say which club they love so i think they're trying to appeal to everyone there um but yeah it just shows the kids who love football and i was like that i had about 15 different football shirts i'd come out in a different shirt every day when i went to play football because i just loved collecting shirts and and the game itself and i I like that renford rejects doesn't um doesn't pick any specific clubs that are uh the,
0: the kids love it we love it Exactly. And uh, I think you do notice that in this episode, they do seem to go a little bit uh, OTT on the QPR love. And um, there there have been other shows where celebrities have made appearances um, in the history of television. And whenever anyone gets excited in these things, you can't help thinking the PR man's written this part of the script. (laughs) Um, That's... (laughs) <laughs> that's a really good that's a great thing i'd love to
1: know uh if we could t- you know talk to any of this why qpr was that the only you know was that local did end approach any other clubs um was the only guys that agreed to let them
0: film but uh, qpr um it was a random choice um but They enjoyed it. It meant that they could get Stan. I mean, maybe they got Stan first. And then uh, it kind of gives you the impression from the show that Stan, obviously being a club legend, has a lot of sway. At the club. It might might not have been that at all. It's just what the episode kind of leads you to believe that he gets invited up to like the manager's box and he just seems to be able to walk around and he seems to have the power to bring a kid onto the onto the pitch, a random kid off the street, um, which is pretty special. And yes. the thing is if anybody uh who doesn't know who Stan is, it would be like someone from right now playing with Alan Shearer. Um, that's pretty much it because Stan was forty nine, around forty nine fifty when this episode was made, and um, you know Alan Shearer is about fifty two. So yeah, it's it's about that. But they do that montage in London which I think is one to fill time and two, it just looks like it was such fun to film.
1: I thought it was brilliant. It was a proper cinema, cinema verite style handheld camera, black and white at times. And my main take from that, it was, it was a brilliant Republica, the music. I loved Republica. I think the lady, the lead singer was my first crush between her and Alex Mack um, were my first crushes. And that, just just pillars with this Brit pop music, just young kids having a laugh with the friends. What? How did they get dry in time before the game? Playing in that in the pot in the uh, fountain. That was my question. My take. I was watching this thinking, they're not gonna get dry in time for the game. But obviously, this
0: is television. It's magic. Well yeah, why why have they ordered such a big coach for just a small amount of them? I mean, th- these are all questions I think we need answering there's some big questions i was sat there and i'm like i don't like to pick apart because i find it funny but uh, i find myself
1: watching this with my daughter's program she's two nearly and i'll watch and i'll start picking things apart and i've got to realize that it's made for children and you're not supposed to pick them apart but i noticed this on one that i can't take claim for this uh i noticed it on one of the youtube comments but someone had spotted that the ticket was i believe 14 pounds so Stuart was charging 20 so he was gaining six pounds on every ticket i'd like to think in my heart that that was a contribution towards the coach but my maths is not great but if how many members of the team is at least five uh himself so he made he made himself a bit of
0: coin on that trip (laughs) did you notice that uh when eddie goes into his elvis impression which he is very much in at this point um before they kind of flesh him out and go beyond that Basically, one of the only reasons I know what Loftus Road is is because of, of Eddie's version of of uh, Ben's poem. But um, oh, lifters lift at Loftus Road, exactly. But did you notice there were there were some bystanders watching, practically staring into the camera, and you're thinking this demonstrates that it's on a street that did make me chuckle or a couple of bystanders i thought actually, i really like it. it was on my head head for the rest
1: of the day i was singing it in my head for the rest of the day it's in now as a speak. i thought it was actually a pretty good rendition i'm much better than sorry ben's poetry uh I'll, I'll, I'll say, lifters at loftus road instant elvis classic but yeah i saw the people staring in the background and i also noted when i was watching it that when The scene just... Well, same scene, but when they're in Graceland, there's a bloke on a bike who keeps passing by and staring through the window. And I think he goes past about two or three times just staring in. But I'd do the same if someone's filming. You're like, what what the heck's going on here?
0: But uh, yeah, that made me chuckle. So much to enjoy about this episode. So I really am looking forward to breaking it down. So... They come up with this plan to get Jason to go to the game because obviously he's got money troubles or something. He makes up this excuse about his grandmother or something or other. And they basically say, oh, they can get in on Vinny's press pass, which, by the way, is just something that he's made up, it seems. Obviously, then Jason gives away the tickets and you think, well, why would you give him the tickets because Jason doesn't understand what's happening. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't understand what's happening. He's just trying to be a good guy. I think that
1: shows him he is a good guy. He's trying to be a good guy. He's helping out some some bloke, trying to get him, gives one bloke two tickets. We're not going into that bit, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you said, it's, so Jason lies to his friends to try, because he's obviously a little embarrassed about not being able to afford to go. His friends know that they can see through it and they don't talk to him about it because they don't want to embarrass him. And they don't want to discuss it. And they he wouldn't let them pay for him, which just but then they lie to him by doing the press pass. So one lie in turns leads to another, which then leads to them both getting into a QPR game. So we're going on the fact that the morals here um just lie your way to uh to greatness. Um yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's really any uh, negative outcomes from the lies in this episode, but um
0: hey, sod the morals, it's 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 a lot of fun. Exactly, and the slight... Slight plot hole that, um, when Eddie's actually singing to them, he's giving the game away, (laughs) he's telling them (laughs) what they've done for Jason. And you think, is Jason at the back of the coach at this point? Is he just completely in a world of his own? He's not hearing Eddie basically give the whole game away, and so yeah, it's it's weird, um, it it is a bit odd, but yeah, Jason then tries to get in because he thinks that they've got an interview. And he makes out that he is Stan's uh, nephew. And Stan isn't the worst actor. I've seen worse. Oh, yes. I've seen many a worse guest star. I think he does quite well, Stan.
1: And I think I need to take that off to Jason as well, because he plays the cheeky chappy fantastically. He's been cheeky. He's been cocky. And you can see why Stan lets him in, because... You know, give a kid a chance. But I think Stan was really good. I I enjoyed it. I watched that, and I it wasn't. I wasn't cringing or sat there thinking, "Oh gosh." I thought Stan did a, a top job. I thought he did better than the, the security guard who was trying to. He he was a proper pantomime villain. The security guard trying to. I thought he might yeah well, might he, play a bigger role in that episode. But he Stan pushed was really Jason good.
0: backwards. He
1: did. <laughs> 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 Won't get away with that these days, would you? Um. Yes. I thought it was rather good. Just Jason's, how he plays it in that episode, the actor, I thought it it was really good. Um, And the fact that Jason didn't get super angry when he found out, he just thought, you know what, we'll try and go for it. You know, he wasn't angry at his friend. He was a little like, I can't believe you've done this kind of thing, but he went along with it and tried and thought, you know what, we're going to try and get in here. And they did. It shows what a little bit of tenacity. Um, I wonder how many kids turned up at football stadiums with their handmade press passes trying to get in after that episode. But... You know, a little tenacity, a little push, and because of that, because of these lies, because of pushing the look, two kids got to live out the dream. Vinny got to live out—he got to sit in the press box and work with other commentators and get some real work experience.
0: And Jason had the time of his life. So, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah, what a moral to this <laughs> to this story. Um, I I do like the the little to and to and fro between Vinnie and the commentator. He's almost the, uh, the underrated um, actor in this episode because the, the guard plays it a bit too cartoony. Um, sometimes when footballers try to act, there's almost like a vagueness to their delivery. Whereas this guy, I have no idea whether he was an actual guest star or whether he was just an actor playing the commentator, but um he just seemed to have a real naturalness about it he did he was quite funny i like his joke about the cup of tea that made me chuckle
1: yes it's like when the uh in the old workman asked for bubbles for the era uh, spirit level um <laughs> but no I, it made me chuckle and it was great a work experience and i think it was, Vinny worked worked hard it was nice to see Vinny get a payoff Vinny's one of my favorite characters i like his story i like i think in the last podcast episode um your guest star was talking about the fact he was a content creator long before that was involved he worked so hard what did he get from it it was all his personal project his film and his friends um he was a kid who you know went out there to get his goal you know i didn't know what i wanted to be when i was that age i didn't have this nasty or knowledge or technical skill to
0: be able to go and do what he did and he cares a lot about jason i think it was a really nice thing to do new for him yeah exactly and certainly Vinny does a lot of favors for them over time and I think maybe because even though he doesn't play football in the main part he's an outcast like the rest of them because when they do other episodes where Terry and and the rest of them are involved Vinny is an outcast he's seen as a bit weird in the same way and I like that they they're they're slightly one-dimensional at this point Ben's very much, I wrote a poem, you know, and that's, that's pretty much it. Bruno is nearly on the way to being multidimensional. They do a couple of things that's really interesting. Someone sent me a message earlier and they said, how on earth did Bruno manage to keep up this pretense? Um, someone actually said they went to their school and tried to do that tried to be italian for a day or something and they couldn't keep it up and it was all because of bruno so bruno must have some like like perseverance thing going on some severe
1: and i think that is so highlighted in the bruno episode later on in the series because i think all of them get their own their own episode don't they or unique part and to keep that up as a young kid and the amount of bullying him and the fact his mom and dad just to uh, just go along with it. And his friends, none of them question. No, no question him. No one, no one takes the mick out of him. It's just who he is. And they accept him for who he is. Like they accept Jason for his exaggerations. No one questions it. It's just what you do with friends, isn't it? And, and that's what, I, that's one of my favorite parts about
0: rent friend VX is the friendship outcasts coming together, forming great bonds. And the writers, the writer in this point, uh, was Chris Wilson, And what I like is we mentioned earlier about how Jason continually talks about this for the rest of the series. It basically rewards the viewer for keep coming back because when they refer to something that's already been and interwove it into this new thing, it it creates a much bigger tapestry of story. And I love the fact that Stan says to the goalkeeper, let him score. So we know that it's (laughs) fake. Right. Yes. We know that they've let him do it. That actually, just like moving the little kid out of the way, he's basically cheated his way into this thing. Only he does he's not in on it. It's the one line no. that he's not in on. That's a very good point. And I thought it just it was a real endearing moment when he's like, let the kid score. It was really
1: sweet. And I noticed something at the very, very end, jumping ahead to jump back. He mentions when he's talking to the guys, obviously the mouth myself he can talk and he mentions Did you see my goal but we never actually see him score no he misses all the opportunities so is that another exaggeration of jason's now he knows that they haven't seen him or was there a goal scored that we'd have to, have to find someone who was actually at that game and i did have a good look um online to see if i could find anything about when it was and if anyone was there so maybe one day we'll we'll finally thought someone who was there, but they Renford Rejects could not have even been out then, so they'd have seen him filming something at half-time with no idea what was going on, and maybe a year later realised exactly what it was but Stan's fantastic, and he's got some skills, the, the guy has got some skills I'll be honest, I don't know much about Stan Bowles I know he's a legend, I know he's a legend because of how Renford Rejects portrayed him as a really cool guy so I will have to look up Stan Bowles to see a bit about his history but I think he did really well, and and that scene is just a lot. It's Chumbumba, isn't it? Um, which yeah. was iconic. It's such a brilliant track. Um, very iconic. I don't know if they did any other singles, but that's the only one I remember. And I remember that being the sound of the summer. Yeah, they did Amnesia. Oh, well remembered. Well remembered. So I don't know much about I don't know much about the bands. I never really looked them up, but that was one of my favourite songs of the nineties and it was everywhere. And to see it, same as the Republic song, it really helped the show. That bit proper, it was cool. It was like a bit indie, and that scene is absolutely brilliant. He so just gets knocked down, and he gets up again. And he, uh, this old man, which is a kind of he pushes the kid away in the in the start, and now he's getting schooled by someone much older than him. So, kind of maybe that's the lesson there—that that, you know he tried to school these little kids and uh, and cheated his way in. Stan Bowles is just a you know, it's a bit humbling, but then Jason doesn't see it like that. He still thinks it was the best thing ever, which is great. But uh, yeah, I don't think he actually scored unless that's uh, something that was
0: caught or just in Jason's head. Well, that is a mystery that will have to be um, answered at a later point. <laughs> um, the thing about Stan is, in what other show would you see somebody who was essentially famous like 20 or 30 years previously? Again, I don't know too much about the guy either, but he was, he was not famous in the 90s. Certainly not in the wider thing. The idea that they've got this football legend from, I'm assuming, the 70s to mm. be in this teenage kids show um, is astonishing. And, you know, pr- all props to them, really, for, for thinking that kids won't mind. He could have been an actor. Yeah, He could have been anyone. You've, you've hit the nail on the head there. But there'll be a few dads who are sat around going,
1: heck, that's Stan Bowles. They've got that's they've got Stan Bowles there. It's kind of, like, I guess, the same as like you said, having Alan Shearer. I think Alan Shearer is a pundit, so a lot of people would know him. But, you know, if I was watching television and there was a Renford Rege- Re- Rejects reboot now and they had someone like Benito Carboni or Fabrizio Ravinelli run on, I'd be like, blow my My kids would have no idea who they were. Rude Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> <laughs> Rude Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, someone like oh, that. Ruud. Ruud. That'd be good to see him again. But yeah, (laughs) I think the, the the use of, of Stan was really good. Like I said, I had no idea who he was, but they, just by watching that episode, you know, he, he's a legacy. I will always know who Stan Bowles is now. Never seen him kick a ball in my life, but I know he's a legend. I think, uh, I think there's even a, they need one of the stands after him at, at Loftus road. But yeah, we'll wrap up here because I think we've covered all the bases with this. (laughs) A lot today. I thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed this episode. And maybe just just to end, we were saying there's no moral. Maybe the moral of the story is that the boy who cried wolf, because none of his friends see it, no one's going to believe him. He's the story. He's the he's the known exaggerator, and yeah. nobody saw it happen. So did it really happen to them? They're just going, "Oh, it's Jason going on again." So, but he doesn't seem to mind. He's happy to just tell a story to anyone who will listen, and that's why I like Jason. But it's one of my favorite episodes because of the long lasting longevity of it. It's repeated later on. I really like Jason. And just the fact that I can't imagine what it'd been like for being Martin Delaney, the actor, to go out in front of thousands of people as a, what, 15-year-old, 16, I think it was 17-year-old dad at the time playing a much younger one. To go out in front of all that, that must have been nerve-wracking. I'd love to ask him, A, if he got to keep his QPR shirt, <laughs> and two, what was it like? Did they meet any of the other players? Because I, I guess if it had been a game day, they might have got a chance to meet some of the players. But yeah, that was an amazing experience for an actor, an opportunity and I also did read somewhere that he met up with Stan Bowles and got on quite well with him. And him and his dad went for a pint with him years down the line. So I don't know how true that is. I read it somewhere. doing my research for the episode, but I thought, I thought was really sweet. So obviously they got along, and Stan
0: is the great guy yeah. that he portrays in the episode. And it shows in the episode that there is some chemistry between the two of them. Um, I said to you beforehand, I wasn't a big fan of this episode. And I think it's because Jason isn't my favorite character. And so And at this point, everybody's very, it seems very one dimensional. To me, it hasn't quite found its feet yet. However, however, there is a big however. I was watching this episode and I did think, This is better than I remember it being. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) This is better than I remember it being. Because actually, the Stan Bowles thing only happens within like maybe a five or ten minute period. It goes by really quickly. It's like, it's almost like a thing at the end of the episode. There's a whole episode before they even get to QPR, um, pretty much. So it's, yeah, it's a lot better than I remember it being. However, it still isn't one of my favourites. Um, it's just, I, I know that's controversial, but, you know, for me, I couldn't have a favorite three episodes into the series when there's like another 45. Very true. Um, but I think it's the
1: one, if I ever think of Renford this it's this episode and Chow Bella that are, uh, Child Bruno, I believe so that comes back to my mind. It's just that I couldn't, I think because, because they went and played at Loftus Road, I always remember it because it wasn't just set. Um, I'm not quite sure the, where it's from, Graceland, and and the usual setting. It felt like a, a proper location shoot. Um, and it just it stuck in my mind, it stuck in my. And again, like I said, Jason's not fifty. I just I love Jason. He reminds me so much of myself when I was a kid. Um, because I could be a bit of a know it all as well, and very cocky, and I could known to exaggerate. Um, but yeah, definitely remembered him. Uh, definitely rem- reminded me of, of him. And that to me as a kid, that would be my absolute dream. And I remember it because I thought, oh, if I was an actor getting out, walk out on Loftus Road, even though I don't know anything about QPR, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, so that's one of my favorite episodes. Very remember, very, uh, iconic. I definitely put it in my top three all time Renford rejects episodes, but in episode three, you don't really know that. Do you have got the rest of them to watch, but this always stands the test
0: of time. And it's, uh, i'd I'd say it's up there well i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you at this point (laughs) thanks luke for being on the podcast no worries thank you for having me jamie